Hello and welcome to another uh, episode of Bertie and Paul. I uh, apologise, last week my cable broke, so I couldn't put one out in the, the greatest week of our <laughs> the greatest week of all time and my computer fails, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then the two people I wanted to talk to the most was uh, Matt and Henry, how you doing? And Dan Devaney. They're here tonight, Hi, bursting, Paul. still Hi, happy. Jeez, the happiness index is at 10 at least. Uh, so, Through the roof. Yeah, so I apologise because, yeah, as I said, the cable frayed and uh, we it went. So I finally got one and now we're back online. So I might do two this week just to cover uh, all that stuff that's happening because a lot has been happening, you know. So uh, where, will, where will we start? Where will we start? We'll talk about the game that everybody didn't see coming. But Martin Henry's about to tell you that Paul Kane did see it coming and took him through the first half. Well, on you go, on you go. Yeah, uh, yes, so going back to the Rangers game, um, I parked up, had a a few missed calls. Uh, One of them was Paul Kane, phoned him up, you know, how are you getting on? I'm just walking up, feeling a bit nervous though. Uh, Head head went about four o'clock, productivity slumped and uh, (laughs) just, just need to get this game on now but I'm I'm really really nervous I, don't worry about it Hendo I've seen the Rangers team they've picked the wrong team we're going to absolutely scoosh it in the first half it'll be game over don't worry about it just relax and enjoy the game <laughs> not true or what he, 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 he later confessed he had no money on it though so no, he, he wasn't that he wasn't that assured no, I, no I, I would not put money in a Celtic Rangers game I think that's that's sacrosanct because you just you, you can't you can't concentrate, so you just wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, Dan, did you do you feel in the comment? Well, one, one of my mate, one of my mates always says put put money on Rangers and a Rangers and Celtic games. So if Rangers win, you get some money at it, and a Celtic win, you lose your money, but you're fucking delighted. Delighted. As I nah, I can't <laughs> couldn't do that. Put a bet on Rangers to beat us. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I'd just be cash out of the first two minutes. Cash out, cash out. Uh, yeah, it's a different. Maybe I was day. confident going into the. I was I was confident going into the game, but because you hadn't beat them in two years, it's just that niggles there. You know what I mean? You know it's there. Fine, well, and yeah. so I wasn't comfortable watching it. But going into the game, I was like, "We're going to win. We should win. We should definitely win." But <laughs> there's always the but there, um, yeah. because it's been so long. Yeah, definitely. Our our form going into the game was better than any of these games that we played last season you know our form was awful throughout last season so you know definitely going into the game was way more optimistic than had been the the previous season and even the game earlier in the season it probably came a bit too soon for us we didn't really know what our best team was um but this, we should, this we should game, have still beat them that, that, game, that day yeah we had we had enough to get something out of the game but this game I was feeling a lot more Confident, despite the apprehension and, and the build-up to the game, was thinking, you know, if we go out and play our game the way we've been playing, we've got a, a really good chance of, of winning this. Um, you know, I didn't think it was going to be quite as emphatic as it was in the first half, but absolutely took it with both arms. Um, as, as the boy next to me can, uh, can verify as I climbed <laughs> over him at the third goal. <laughs> I mean, like, like all, all these things... All this rhetoric and the stuff that you go through before these games are fine, right? And all this talk about Rangers having the best squad in Scotland, not beating them for two years, but 
ultimately when you look at both the teams, Dan, like they just they just had picked the wrong team. They just weren't at the races. And the minute Celtic started, class in the middle of the park always, always should win. And what happened was Celtic just got on it straight away, like we all knew they were going to do. Even Rangers fans are listening to their, their podcast. They all say, we all knew Rangers was going to, the first 20 minutes was going to, Celtic were going to start. You had to, but that's no longer the case. To, to do it, to, to, to keep it away from Celtic, you've got to have quality players to hold the ball. Rangers had none of that. And Celtic just have got that, that ability now just to put teams away. It, it's really good. Yeah. It's well, a really good position to be in. Even yeah, against smaller like, one like, so many times. I so many times the ball went back to McGregor and he just hoofed it. Um, either down the park to nobody or even out the park on a few occasions, which is, is very unlike uh, Rangers. But they still had a lot of possession, remember? You know, like we were on them. We were on them constantly. But they still had a hell of a lot of possession. But every time we had it, we were doing a lot with it. Rangers were okay in the middle of the park. They were holding it to an extent. And then it's, after they got past the midfield, they did nothing. Um, I thought Kamara was actually having an alright game for them and I, I actually couldn't believe he got subbed at half time I thought that was excellent news for us but um, we were just oh, we were just brilliant going forward watching us we were just didn't give them a second going forward and the defence was creating and creating and creating and I think that's how the two at the end they were just kind of <laughs> they were just praying for the half time whistle to get in and get a rest and they just they, they, they tuned out for a couple of minutes and we get two goals yeah I think that first half Sorry, I was just going to say, I think that first half, if you if you remember when Ange came in and that audio clip and we got at Lennox Town last summer of we never stop, we never fucking stop, that was epitomised in that first half uh, of that game. We, we didn't stop at any point. And as much as Rangers had possession, they had no quality of possession in that first half yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, they might have had a fair share of the ball, but see, every time they had it, they were getting absolutely harassed Hounded, yep. by Celtic players. They had not one second to to come up with anything positive when they had the ball. They, they quite literally turned on their heels and went back towards their own goal for, for what they thought was going to be safety. They had absolutely no answer to, to the intensity and, and drive that we brought to the, to the game in that first half. And their, their chance, their only chance, their only big chance in the first half really was that chance. Obviously, that Arfield had when we were just getting that wee bit tired, and Hatati just now stopped for a wee minute, and Arfield ran through. And then I think at that point, Rangers thought, right, they're getting tired. Let, let's kind of see at the first half. <laughs> we went and scored on all two goals because, as you say, we didn't stop. And I think Rangers just turned off for a five minute, and we just capitalised on it so much. You know, I mean, that throw in, like they totally switched off. Hatati runs down the wing, cuts it in goal. That's that's a perfect example. Of it. Is is that right? Okay, so my first point is again going back to the quality. If Rangers had a good squad or good players and a good ethos, when Celtic are running around them like flies, right? Really good players are able to shield the ball, move the ball along, maybe take the touch, turn the ball back. Rangers don't have those types of players, so Rangers they can kid on that they do, they can tell us that they do, but essentially what happened was that Neil Lennon destroyed our club for a year and a half everything Angie's doing is 180 degrees what Neil Lennon wasn't doing and we're going to talk about that if you want to argue with, with it but the fact is 
that once you put those type of players under pressure at that 60,000 people in a stadium with your the lights that these type of players do not stand up to scrutiny the Tavernier goal the goal that we score from Tavernier Tavernier hasn't switched off Tavernier is just is just not doesn't have the quality ability to be on the pitch at that time he is a he's a lost child when you watch him, he's kind of kidding on. He's a football player. He has switched on, but he's not doing anything what, what really good football players would do, which would go to Atati and make sure he doesn't get that ball or put him in the stand. And that's what happens. It's just, it's just that's what happens when it gets to that level. And what Angie, I think, is doing is allowing us to play at such a good level. I mean, Hendel, at, sitting in your, your angle, you must have seen two or three passes straight into the 18-yard box three or four times in that first half. And that's just quality. Barisic's not normally supposed to go. The manager, Gio, sending him out to stand by himself and tell him to go up the pitch and squeeze. To squeeze nothing, because Celtic are moving the ball in triangles. He's just got nowhere to go. He becomes lost if they don't have a formula how to play us. Yeah, I think, though, as well, we, we played with a lot of purpose as well. Everything we did, um, you know talked about the intensity but it was high intensity it was moving forward it was moving at pace and we were letting the ball do the work all the time what wasn't actually a lot of ball carrying going on it was the actual ball being you know one twos and sharp movements wasn't actually traveling with the ball a lot it was actually you know moving the ball well and people moving into spaces at the right time and the ball being released at the right time um you know which no one can run faster than the ball if you hit a pass at a good pace no one can catch the ball they can catch a man but they can't catch the ball um, and you know that we, we kind of had that science down to, to a fine art in that first half because Rangers couldn't get near us or the ball Can I just ask about tactics then because it's always hard to see tactics when you're watching the big telly you know is it, is it Dan again you can tell us differently is it the case that Atati's playing slightly left beside Taylor and Roderick now is playing slightly right with Ralston. Is that is that the way it's setting up? Because I'm watching Atati and I think... So So just tell us, Hendo, what you're seeing. The games I've been to, yeah, certainly at home, uh, obviously Rogic was out a couple of games, but he has tended to play more on the right side, which... Uh, I know it's quite funny because A, he's not right-footed and B, he's not really very quick, which you would uh, usually have as kind of prerequisites for playing out on the right. But that seems to have been where Ange has preferred to play him. You would typically think that he's going to be, you know, the head of a diamond or in a central role. You wouldn't typically think him of as a, you know, someone out, out wide. But that's kind of where he's been played. But... Again, it comes back to how your team's set up because although he's playing wide on the right, there's then uh, you know an attacking winger um, on the front three is is really hugging the touchline. So um, Abada or Jota, you know they 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 pretty much are take up a position on the touchline. They don't really drift in at all, um, and that's what helps I think create a lot of the space when they go forward. Um, because they are staying so wide um, and, the, and the full-back's kind of tucking in, so it, it does give Rogic a bit of space to play. But yeah, that's that's certainly where... It was something I had noticed in games recently, and then I think it was the Motherwell game as well. He was 
he was coming in from from the right. Um, obviously, it, it worked a treat, didn't it? Because he, he yeah, that's what, that's what I was just going to say. Maybe that's why he is on the right because how many goals has he scored for us? Where he comes in, does the dink, cuts in in the left, and then pings it with his left foot and in the far corner. He's done it numerous yeah. times. And if you're coming in for the right, that's the perfect angle. So maybe yeah. that's maybe that's the reason. Now, of course, they, this, you're right in what you're saying. He was against Motherwell. He was in the right a hell of a lot. Um, I'm sure they're allowed to switch over um, if they need to, if, they, if need be, sorry. But uh, it's, I think you're right in what you're saying. Robbie is a lot more in the right, especially against Motherwell. Obviously, he wasn't playing against Rangers. I thought he was just everywhere. <laughs> but he is yeah. he is predominantly closer to you, Hendy Pendo, is he? When you watch yeah, him, you're getting to see him a lot more. Let's talk uh, no, absolutely. He's, he's definitely uh taken out of uh, bringing up a more kind of wide position rather than to say that you would always think about Tom Rogic kind of between sitting between the midfield and sitting between the strikers. That's where he you know, yeah. I would have always said that's where he can do his best work, but uh, you know, we're seeing some of his best work at the moment, and that isn't typically where he's been positioned. Someone done a great story there in the paper yesterday. I can't remember what it was. Um, it's not like a, a tabloid or anything, but they were basically showing picture by picture how uh, Taylor brings it forward, gives it to either Hatati or Jota, continues his run. So basically, if Jota comes and gets the ball. Hatati goes past Jota and then if Taylor gets the ball then he gives it Hatati and that was kind of shown in the example where the second goal or sorry the third goal against Rangers when Hatati was so far up the field Jota was back a little bit Taylor mm-hmm. ran past got the throw in through it to Hatati and crossed it and he, he just it's, it's done really well showing you how Andrew's got them set up so that they're all crossing over each other so they're not exactly yeah. t- Taylor's left back Jota's left wing kind of thing Hatati's midfield but just how they all cross over and lap each other. So if Hatati goes, Jota comes for the ball, makes him free. But then the big point was, for the Rangers game especially, was when Jota comes short to get the ball from um, Taylor, he pulls Tavernia out of his position. And that leaves a gap in the Rangers' defence. And then obviously that's where the goal comes from, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really well put. but um, it, take, it puts their back four line totally out of position. Well, I mean, I, I'm looking at I don't know, five years ago we, we used to sit and go why can't we play more than one up front? Remember we used to have those discussions, you've got Dembele, why can't you do this? And then Dembele and Edward played and suddenly Dembele left and you're left with one up front and we were doing this one up front and I was kind of getting bored of watching football because I'm like this isn't fun. Now what we've got here, I'm going to get through the, the difference, we can go through the multiple game as well but it's the same type of game, principally We've got a, a fluid front three now, really, and uh, it could be any. It's a fluid tactic. So everybody knows where they're playing, so we can have different players in the same place. But we to have a number one striker, we just don't play that style anymore. We're not relying on one player to lead the line because these players are moving. Abada can come inside and score his goals, which he's doing frequently. You know, so it, it, it's just definitely a change. There's a change in pattern now from relying on Mendeley's not been, Edward's not playing, we're, we're screwed. Who's going to play up front? Now you've got three players now that can move, four, five, seven, you've got six players now that can move in and out in different positions, and there's not much change in performance. 
Also, the my view. I don't know that I don't know that any of them could play centrally though. Um, as much as it's it's not like a so I think previously we've maybe played like a four two three one, um, where the system has been slightly different. But the it's definitely more of a front three. But um, I still think the the guys that are occupying the central role. So it was been Jack Amakis. Uh, Furuhashi, Maeda, um, you know, they all look like they can play that central role pretty well. I don't really see um, the same from, uh, you know, I, I definitely don't see Jota slotting in in a central role. Don't really see James Forrest doing that. Abada, um, you know, he, he keeps he keeps popping up centrally to score goals, but I, 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 still, I still think he's better starting out wide. So I think there's 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 good options across the three, but I still think you need someone who knows how to play that more central role to to keep the shape and also help create spaces for the players who are a bit a, a bit wider. Um, I think Jack Amakis, as much as he's not scored, he's actually you know he has he has played like a you know a, a good old fashioned number number nine in the last couple of games. Um, I think he, he terrorised Rangers defence when he played against them. He had them all over the shop. He was just really unlucky yeah. about the score. Yeah, I, I was actually I thought he was going to get sent off in the first half because he just kept popping up everywhere. Um, you know that way someone you're just like mate, come on, and then he's popping up and he you know he's he's so overly enthusiastic trying to get the ball back and just uh, kicking and you know not really too too measured in where the kicks are landing and just uh, right in amongst it with everyone I was like oh this guy's going to go <laughs> <laughs> like Adam uh, like Adam Virgo's debut was it Adam Virgo his debut uh, against um, Motherwell Ibrox. or something wasn't it uh, I, I always remember him come on at Ibrox and just rants constantly for 15 minutes I was like what's this guy doing he's just been sent on to run it's <laughs> all over the shop. So I no, I agree that the front three, the front three is good. We're scoring goals, but I still think you need that that central figure, whether it's a Dembele and Edward, or you know a Furuhashi, Giacomacus. I still think you need that central player within it. I don't think Jota or Abada could could cover that position. But but I suppose it's the. It, it, it's it's a reliance on one type of figurehead. It's not as much now because, like, if years ago, if Kyogo wasn't playing, we'd be toast. Whereas now, Smakimakimakis uh, can come in and play. Bad oh, can come it in. Wasn't and even score. years ago, was it? It was only a couple of months ago. Kyogo yeah. wasn't playing, and we're like, "Oh no, Kyogo doesn't play. We don't <laughs> score." Um, but we don't. Need and to... we had a bad up front for a couple of games, and he did score. Does yeah, score. I mean, yeah. I, know, I agree with you, Martin. That, yeah, I wouldn't like him. I wouldn't like him in that position. I think he's brilliant out in the wing, but. Um, he did fill a gap for us and we get through it you know what I mean the, the, so let's just look so we've had a wee bit of talk in the middle of the part we'll talk about well let's just look at the defence then because Bertie's annoying me about Starfelt uh, Angie really? Bertie doesn't like Starfelt who's Bertie who's I know who's I know Bertie he's ducking they call it so Bertie doesn't like Starfelt <laughs> and I'm just sorry I'm trying to work out the reason why I like Starfelt now Angie talked in his interview last night, which I watched a couple of times, about bringing characters to the club, bringing people to the club, real people. And I think what you see with the defensive performance, you're seeing of the overall defensive performance, 
is that you've got players that are senior players, they're backing each other up, they're fighting for each other. They might not be the greatest defenders in the world, but you're seeing characters beginning to really play as a team, as a, as a defensive unit. And that's why I like Starfelt. I mean, I'm not saying he's the greatest football player in the world. That's why I like Lee Taylor. I was trying to work out why I like these guys, cause, but they really are. They're digging in. They're doing exactly what they've been asked to do, and they give 100%. And there's a lot to be said for it. When you watch Barish it's sitting, he's sitting his little bottom and watch the third goal again, and Barish just is giving up an international football player, whereas we've got players that really, really, really dial into what we're looking to, for them to do. As fans, I mean... Maybe not technically great all the time, but I think Starfield and, uh, and uh, what do you call it? CV and uh, Taylor just been phenomenal. Because yeah, mm-hmm. and money we're going to talk about Giovanni. Yeah, like I think I, I think I think Starfield and uh, Vickers have done excellent. You know what I mean? The tombs been there a long time now. Um, I know we've changed the wing backs around with Juranovic and Bolston and. Um, Taylor etc um, but I think Starfield's really come into his own yes he has made mistakes and the stupid sending off was at Ross County um, just lost the head a wee bit even like the Rangers game there in the second half a couple of times he's coming out with the ball and just playing it and now the Rangers players intercepting it easily ah, just things like that you know what I mean but I think the two of them's done really well and I think Vickers is actually um, I think he's really good with the ball at his feet People can't get near him. He's such a big lad and he's such a strong lad. He just pushes people off the ball. So I think the two of them are quite composed with the ball at their feet. When the ball's in there, I don't think they're as good, personally. I think that's why Andrew's got them in because they're much better with the ball at their feet than they're in there. But as I say, Starfield does make the odd error, but it's it's not really cost us hugely. So I wouldn't have had it against the guy, to be honest. I'm quite happy with the defence. Yeah, I mean the goals the goals against is pretty lean isn't it so, but it's I mean, all crosses the, isn't yeah, it it's all crosses are, are there um, and a good leak so and a, and a good leak st- it's yeah. good to be you're playing against um, like better hearts team Hibs have kind of went a bit shaky shaky Mullerwell were good enough for the weekend although Chris Boyd thought they were rubbish but you know what I mean so they are, they are playing but is, is, is that what is, is is that why when we get into Europe though we, we do lose so many goals because they're just a better type of player and they know how like they, they terrorise them a bit more whereas in the Scottish League the teams aren't as good so I mean they don't get as many chances as well I suppose but um, in Europe we just now we're still scoring plenty of goals but we're leaking more goals as well I think we get a bit yeah. better towards the end of the Europa League obviously at the start it was like 4-3 and 3-2 and things like that but um, but, I just think but again I wouldn't hold it against them definitely look, not when you're looking at stuff like Mason Greenwood and you look at stuff previously with Lee Griffiths and different types of characters like how can that character that type of character to get the Man United how can that type of character like Lee Griffiths stay at Celtic for such a long time the question is what was he like rehabilitation all that sort of stuff whereas what Angie's basically saying is he wants characters that can re- uh, represent the club and I think that there's something to it I mean maybe that's why Julian's not pulling in you know what I mean? Because you're just Bolly, Bolly, Bolly. Well, Bolly, Bolly, Bolly's he's finished, hasn't he? He's he's he's, oh, he's played. He's played under Ange. He'll be given a chance. Still a, still a player, isn't he? He's still a player. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, he's not. He's not very often in the match day squad. I think it is when there's a little there injury crisis, as he 
yeah, appeared because they've got face. they've got scales as I think who who deputised as at left back, um, and obviously um, you know Juranovic has been in there as well, and they've got Ralston, so. Yeah, they don't. They don't really need him, do they? You're talking about upstanding characters. What, what's it? What's why is Sky in 2022 able to give Chris Boyd a job? Like he's caught. I mean, he's just. Ugh. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, okay. I don't like to get antagonised with people, and I don't. Not too bothered. I understand what he's doing. I understand who he's I, talking I, I to. I don't think we should waste time on on. I, know, I don't think we can. should tarnish this podcast even discussing him. I know, but you can't so have somebody. I think we should get another topic. A, a good, right, a okay, good pro Celtic one. Fine. John Hartson went out. Uh, I was looking forward to talking about Monster Munch yeah. there. I know. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll do it off. Uh, so okay, we'll leave Chris Boyd. I tell, his, I tell uh, you. Uh, oh. I'll tell you uh, who I was thinking about the other day and thinking um, we've not missed and who never turned up in uh, Rangers games ever. Can you think of who I'm thinking of? Just left this season. Made a good start to the season, then left. My brain's away. Brian Christie. Brian. Christie? (laughs) Yeah. Started started brightly this season. Yeah. Rio Hatate has made more impact uh, against Rangers than Christie did in about ten games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what 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 was his biggest achievement? Grabbing Morelos by the cup. I mean, just I don't know why that popped in. I was just thinking that that's a guy that left went to Bournemouth seeking so uh you know his pot of gold and you know we've bought someone in from Japan that's just. You know, made such a big impact and statement in one of those games where he never really ever uh, delivered for us. Um, he went to England to get knocked out the FA Cup with Boreham Wood. But did they? I'd see. I didn't even know. I've, <laughs> I've not followed. I've not been following his career that closely, just enough to no. to kind of. It, to be fair, he I mean, was in the he was in the Celtic Supporters Club in Bournemouth. Uh, he brought four Bournemouth players in to watch the game. Yeah, yeah it was in. Yeah, Bournemouth fair, fair, fair on Twitter, fair pictures. Yeah. No, I just mean us as a team. Despite him playing quite well at the start of the season and being like one of our key players, not not missed him at all at this yeah. point. Um, maybe when we, you know, had some players in and out in the early months. Ayer, Ayer, Ayer as well. Squad's moved on. We don't talk about Ayer. We don't talk about Christie. Edward. I watch Edward a lot. I'm trying to watch him match today and stuff like that. And again, the only per- the only thing person I think about is I think about Lennon all the time. I think, and is the- I just I just think about Tierney all the time. I think Tierney. <laughs> I think Tierney's a well. Okay, maybe I think Tierney might be done. Than Paddy Roberts thinks about him. I think Tierney's nearly done. Anyway, but yeah, the thing is. Yeah, it's just great to be in this position where we're getting somebody that can bring people like Atati in from a foreign country and he can hit the ground in that sort of fashion, you know. I mean, it's essentially... I mean, this shows you how silly it is. I'm talking to some guy, he watched the sale, I said, look, this Japanese player, watch him on Wednesday night, he's going to light up. And then the next day in the Guardian podcast... Which we they never do this. Celtic are top, top of the, the the podcast, and they talk about it for twenty minutes, and it's all about Ange, what he's doing, Atati, what a football player. 
can you find players like in Japan? I mean, this is other level stuff. We've never had that type of exposure. But it's because A, it was a brilliant game, and B, good football is good football. And Atati is a great football player in the making, from what I've seen. And I mean, the minute you see it, it's just different. Christie's a good player. McGregor's get better, much better without Brown. The question is why the Brown stay at the club for another year when you've got McGregor playing the way he's playing. But he just needs a bit more formula to do it, a bit more ability to show his, you know what I mean? But I just think... Yeah. McGregor the other night uh, was absolutely channeling his inner Scott Brown. I said to Mikey <laughs> Dal on the phone, he was mouthing off at everyone. I, I think there was then a clip on Twitter... Uh, where he's mouthing off at Barisic but he had an early kind of set to with Kent and you could just you know just uh, telling him to to, to disembark <laughs> I'll keep the language down for the podcast but uh, you know just absolutely tearing into him verbally and just you know so up for it and just uh, giving off to the Rangers players all the time as well but you know just channeling it um, do you know what I mean he still oh, sees he Brown in games where he's just talking through the game. It's just like play around him, just play your football. Um, you know, so McGregor was was giving it with his mouth and feet the other night, but uh, absolutely in control of what. Some he was performance doing. to come back in. I know the guy's still fit and all that, but what a performance just to come back in after being out with that face injury and play with a mask on. And even said after it, like the guy asked him, "What was the vision like?" He says, "Oh, it was a bit restricted in some angles, but it was absolutely fine." Yeah. You know what I mean? The fact that he's playing with that on his first time is and he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant yeah. again. But I mean, we we've said on here he is the absolute heartbeat of that team. He, you know, him missing is is the most crucial point. Uh, everything goes through him; he dictates everything. Um, so and I think I think we actually said that like him missing. I I think we said that before when we were talking before uh, Paul that. Um, we said if, if McGregor wasn't playing, it would have been a huge loss because even right throughout the game, we were saying he has to be shouting at everybody to keep them going. I'm like, who else does that? Beaton's not really the man to do that. Who else was going to do it? And we couldn't really pick somebody out. So thank God he was playing, you know what I mean? Because he would have been on every Celtic play. He's seen it when Celtic scored. He's like, ah, Cam it, it's only 1 0. Cam it, it's only 2 0. You know what I mean? Screw the head. You can see him saying it to them. He even said it full time when they're celebrating. He's like, ah, relax, lads. We'll know when they yeah. like it. So he's the man, he's he's always there, he's always keeping them level-headed and not letting them get carried away. I suppose that, I mean, again, uh, again, I mean, I, I go back the way because I'm, but like Fergus McCann builds that stadium, Lowell puts the lights on, the fans come back in droves because we bring a good quality manager. In the Ronnie Dyla days, it was 30,000, 40,000. And then with Ange now, when pumps, people like Atati are turning up to play, even General Makamakis, like 60,000 people, that's the noise is, if you're going to be a good football player, that's where you're, that's where you're going to be a good football player. Not against Leighton Lorington or yeah. Bottle Bora or Bournemouth are playing, that's where your talents should, should shine. And that's where our best players have and always you- performed. And that's what happened Wednesday night. I mean, that was brilliant on Wednesday night. The whole thing was brilliant. The fans, the players, the man, the tactics. Gio with his black, his blackboard at the end of it. 
Like all that stuff is just brilliant, but it's great theatre. It's it's where you want to be the best you can be as a football player, and we've created that. Yeah. I, I read another thing as well. They were saying because obviously it's it's put all over the world or whatever. But because Van Bronckhurst obviously took the Rangers job, uh, a Dutch TV channel took it on, so there was a lot more extra people watching in Holland. There was obviously a lot more of an audience for Japan because of the three Japanese lads at Celtic, etc. So they were saying it actually got a wider audience than it usually would. And then because of that atmosphere and the way Celtic were playing, it's just it captured so many people's attention that it's it's been huge for Celtic that game. Absolutely massive. Yeah. You know? People are now looking at Celtic Park again, going, I want to go there and visit it. It was like back in the Champions League days when it was Fortress Parkhead. Yeah. You know, I know uh, it's not Fortress Parkhead now, but it's the atmosphere. Yeah, the, the atmosphere was like last Monday or two Mondays ago now against Hibs when we had our, our first game back at home. I mean, there was obviously a lot of excitement and, uh, you know, it was pretty much a full house on a Monday night for, for an SPL match and, you know, good vibes. And it was kind of a bit like Christmas. Uh, that, you know, every, everyone was just excited to be there and anticipating the match. Then that Rangers match, I mean, it just went up so many levels. It was just so noisy. See, as soon as you got close to the ground, the the noise in the streets and the anticipation and just the, the pockets of singing breaking out, uh, and then one pocket breaks out, so another starts up, and you know, just noise was unrelenting even before getting in. And I maybe went in about 20, 20 minutes before, uh, I'm usually in for kind of the warm-up ending and, and they finish the warm-up just right in front of where I sit. They kind of do a, a, a wee sprint up the touchline. Everyone cheers right away. There must have been about 50,000 people in already cheering that final sprint and clapping everyone off. And then the the, the DJ was, you know, was was picking his songs wisely to, to dial up the atmosphere as well and had the whole, the whole stadium singing at about half seven. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And it, it's so much better uh, because it's just 60,000 of your own fans. On, on the lights, what's the lights well. like? What, what happened to the lights? Were they on at the same as the well? Lights, uh, I the just love the lights. Do, do add to it. The, the, the wee soundtrack that they, they play for the light shows is kind of always a bit of a happy hardcore mix. Um, so it depends on, on your views on how many BPMs you like in your in your tunes, but they tend to, to go for a good uh, 120 plus for the, yes. the, the disco mix. Um, but it is impressive when the teams come out and they're kind of dropping the light and then when do the huddle and there's just this green light shining down on the huddle and it's pitch black and you could you could see the rangers players you know looking up thinking oh god this is this is it we're 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 on for a we're on for an absolute game here well, well one of the lads made a very good point about that because he says hinky you're a rangers player standing there on that pitch it's went pitch black all the focus is on the celtic team the green lights are on the celtic team the fans are all screaming against you for celtic you have nowhere to look because it's, you're in darkness. The only place you can look at is that huddle. So even the Rangers player are looking at the huddle going, ah, shit. You know what I mean? The Celtic fans are all, all against you. And then the lights come on and you're like, eh, right, I better do something here. So, ba- you've, so you've nobody kind of bang you up. So Barisic is so, essentially no, is, scared of the dark, is he? It's, it's, 
Yeah, maybe Barisic <laughs> is scared of the dark. He's certainly, uh, he was certainly scared of crossing the halfway line in that first half. Um, but no, I so saw the, the atmosphere was, was brilliant. Uh, there was obviously quite a lot of pyrotechnics and smoke bombs and stuff. I mean, at the start of the match, you could, you, I couldn't even see the other side of the pitch. There was so much smoke swirling around, <laughs> which again just kind of adds to this feeling of chaos as it's kicking off. You're like, I can't even see. How are they kicking off? can't even see anything. And uh, uh, so no, it was good. And to get an early goal, just obviously totally cranked it up. Um, and they've sort of closed the standing section now for the Race Rovers game at the weekend. Um, the standing section... Aye, because, um, what was it? Safety fears because of what happened the last time. Now, it's not as if they've banned everybody that sits there. They've given them uh, the option to move to another part of the stadium or give them a refund on their ticket, but I think because of the safety fears. There were smoke bombs, there was pyros, but there was even, must have been flares, because, I mean, it looked like fireworks. It couldn't have been fireworks. Surely no one was setting off a fireworks by hand (laughs) in a stadium, but, you know, there was light, fireworks shooting up, which is... So say it must have been like a green distress flare or something that they'd ordered. <laughs> and all this like plastic sheets and stuff. I'm like, this that whole section is going to go up in flames. Um, so I it, did, say, it, it did look it did look as if it was at one point, to be honest. Yeah, no, I was I was looking mad, and as I say, it just it kind of adds to that, that feeling of 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 chaos. And you know, here we go that you you don't get before every game. Um, so no, it was good. Uh, I just hope we can keep it going. Uh, it's been a it's been a massive uh, swing uh, from where we were a couple of weeks ago and you know, last-minute goals kind of uh, saving our skin a little bit and uh, not, not saving Rangers, which has helped us get here. Um, you know, just hope that we can, we can keep going and that the, that the form you know, stays at the level it's at and doesn't you know, drop down any from, from where we are. So we've seen how easy it is to drop points and but, but the thing it's going is, to be nip and tuck now. The thing is, what we turn up at Mullerwell with essentially near enough a different side finishing the game, like beat on. I mean, so is, is, is it a case now we have got the squad balance right nearly? If Gillian comes back, I think we're kind of covered at the back as well, but it looks like he's able to pop players in and out uh, that, that can can do yeah, so. Because Mullerwell's tough. I thought Muller was a tough game. Jeez, I was watching it and I didn't see what Chris Paul. I thought Muller played really well. They were getting stuck in. They were beginning to crack his open a wee bit. There was a couple of corners, a couple of crosses. And then suddenly, that's it. Game go- I mean, Tom Rogic turns in and plays. Abada plays. But yeah, I thought but it was I, a think, g- I think that's the difference. So it can, it can be a tight game, but we've got players who can just turn a game quality, within, yeah. you know, 10 seconds. You can be toughing out a 0-0 draw and then you know 10 seconds later it's 1-0 then you can have another period of 10-15 minutes where there's a really tight game going on but we've just got players at the moment who are in form that you know all they need is 10-15 seconds and suddenly you've got a goal Um, and that's not because a team's necessarily playing badly it's because we've got something they don't have Um, you know that that bit of magic we don't stop yeah and we're not going to stop so I mean Exactly. That, that's 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 the only thing that's uh, that that's scaring me at the moment is that you know everyone now has hope. Oh come on! <laughs> How dare you? Jesus. I mean? That's it, and it's uh, it's still so tight. Uh, 
as I've said, for, for me, from the outset of the season, the league was a must. There was none of this transition talk for me, and it's a free pass. The objective's to win the league. Still has Close. to be. Close. But, you know, there's 13 games to go. We're sitting top. Um, you know, so the belief is very, very real now. And it's um, Champions League year as well. You know what I mean? You've got the Champions League money this year. So it's huge. It's absolutely huge. There's a lot at stake. But I, I will say on that, I think it would be a bit uh, a bit shambolic if the team that's won nine out of the last however many leagues wasn't the one that ended up in the Champions League when clearly they've they've dominated for a decade and are the you know the the champions. So you know uh, we have to win it this season for, for that reason as well. As Tom Rod- Tom Rogic said that it says we've been on the top of the pile for. But this is what we do last decade essentially we didn't yeah. do it last year but now we're going to do it now the interesting thing is that the interesting thing for me is that I didn't watch the Hearts game because I phoned my doctor my doctor said don't watch the Hearts game because I didn't want to see what was going on that's a strange result for me 5 nothing. <laughs> that's one of these outliers I like Andy Murray Andy Murray beating Djokovic 3 nothing at Mumbledon it's an outlier for me it just doesn't seem right. That so well, I, didn't, I, didn't see, I didn't see it myself. I didn't watch it. I didn't I didn't see it. They didn't play but... Suter though, did they? They didn't play uh, Suter at the back. They didn't? I don't, I'm pretty I don't sure know. they didn't. But my dad was telling me, I was, I, thought, I was speaking to my dad last night, and he said he watched the game, and he said Hearts were actually in it and had a good few chances at 1-0. Yeah. yeah. He says, and then they just collapsed in the second half. Rangers got four goals. He says, but Hearts were, they could have got a result, you know what I mean? Until obviously they get done in. <laughs> So yeah. it, it didn't sound like a totally one-sided game from what he was saying, but um, just, it. so there's a lot to be said actually before we finish this is having a Celtic Rangers game on a Wednesday night under floodlights. I think it adds so much to the game. The Saturday Sunday games are fine. It's, it's better than Sunday game time. at twelve o'clock, just before the Premier League kicks off. But actually, that Wednesday night that sort of caught the attention of the world. And also we were left to, to you know what I mean? It was just great fun. But I just, I worry, I'm not too bored thinking about the league just now. I'm thinking, can we continue this run going? Can we continue this type of football? Because we still have Europe. It's still early. I know it's 13 games. We've still got the Scottish Cup. But can I just keep this going, you know? That's what I'd like to see. Rangers are a funny, Rangers will get funny results now on and what well, mark my words. It's just going to be like heart still five nothing just doesn't seem right. I mean, hearts are third in the table. Well, listen, it's, really in, well. It's, in, it's in our hands. So, like, who cares what they do now? It's in our hands. We keep going. We freaking keep getting the results. Win all those games. Turn, turn them over at Ibrooks. When is that? March is it? End of March. Yeah, it'll be the, be the end of the the cycle of of games because you know. Once we get through this latest run of games, it's then into the the split as well. Um, yeah. But we should hopefully at that point have post split. We've played Hearts twice away already, so we should have them at home. We've played Motherwell away twice, so should, we should hopefully have them at home. Um, we'll have played Aberdeen away twice if they make the top six. Um, Fair point. <laughs> so there, it's quite money. tight in and around there, though. There's like, um, yeah. So you, you, that's the thing at the moment. I think the teams that they possibly expected to be in the top six for the the, the scheduling, there always seems to be uh, a bit of a rogue creeps in. Um, 
So I don't know because Hibs are still in the top six at the moment Hibs as well. Although they've not won in five, I think. I think we Sean's having a nightmare. Um, I think Sean's yeah, having, having a nightmare. A nightmare he's teaching that he's trying to get those players to play total football, and they're passing out from the back and all that. And he's just he's he's just lost. I don't know why he's doing that. I actually, every time I hear him interviewing, I actually feel really sorry for him because he's just it just doesn't work. He's got he's got to build up to that, but just don't do what he's doing. Maybe, maybe as maybe he's right. I just feel as it's if he's it's an odd appointment for him. So it's a, it's a really odd appointment for them. Uh, Jack Ross obviously, you know, didn't deliver the league because you know he had what a couple of cup runs. Did he not get them to a cup final? They were top half of the league. Um, you know, they were going through a bad spell. But what what do Hibs want? Uh, and then to, to to sack someone with a, a bit of you know league experience managed down south, and then Maloney's essentially been a coach. Yeah, I thought He's I never... thought Jack Ross was a pretty harsh sign. So it was very harsh. So it wasn't. It wasn't at the time. Well, it's still proven uh, to you. I'm the, sure the run he's at got... the time was poor. Yeah, the run at the time was poor, but they they were in the cup final again. So you would have thought that was enough kind of credit in the tank to to keep him going a bit longer. Um, but yeah, it was uh, Maloney's got no no previous managerial role in him, has he? He's just he's been coaching, hasn't he, or assistant? Well, I think I think took on because he was done. He was at Belgium, wasn't he, with uh, Roberto Martinez, and he took a lot for that. I think, and maybe that's what's that's what sold him. I think Martinez spoke, talked him up as well. Yeah. So unless that's but, the, what... but there's a I I don't know. I just think there's a difference between working on the, the coaching field with players and being the guy that's responsible for everything in the football club Definitely. Um, and everything coming across your desk. He might well be a good coach and that might be what he goes back to. I just found unless, he might he might still end up being a great Hibs manager and uh, winning the league for them. But I just I thought it was an odd appointment to uh, someone who's got a relatively, uh, you know, a reasonable enough CV and had done okay with Hibs to, to replace him with someone who'd essentially never managed a club in his life before just seemed a bit odd. they're playing Rangers tomorrow aren't they Hibs so talking through tomorrow night what's that is it tomorrow night we're all playing is it yeah I think, yeah, I think they're at Ibrox aren't they and we're mm-hmm. at so like again these games these type of games just make you feel I mean they've played loads on this year when they're all playing the same time it just adds different things I think it adds different layers I think when you're talking about Celtic, we just have to win the next 13 games. I think it isn't. I think it, it rolls easy off the tongue, but I think in real real life, this is this is real tough work now. Because if you're playing the same time as them, it's, a, it's tough. Just tough. Like it's we have to be. We still, we still need to play Levy. Yeah, I was I was just about it's to a, say it's a that. Pressure I mean, cooker like, now. Yeah, it's real. Because every every result. Every every time you don't get the the full result you won, you know it could be second. You know day drop points, you go back to first. So you know it's, the the gap is so that it's interchangeable at the top all the time. It's not like we have a bad game, um, you know the the gap closes and you know that's it. We're we're still top with a, you know there's no cushion there. As soon as you drop a point, you you risk going into second again. Yeah. And also, like the yeah. thing is as well as we do get to, well, we do bring on players at half time. We do get tired. 
and then these sort of games are working together. If Rangers are two nothing up, then the fans tell you you can't. Like, they always say they don't know that nonsense, but they know exactly. So it's really this is championship football now. This is really good stuff, and I, I totally believe we can do it. I think there's going to be it's just it's just great telly. It's going to be great for us to see it all. But geez, it's going to be tough work. Oh, it's going to be so. It's, it's going, going to be, be so tense, so <laughs> tense, so tense. Starting to st- tomorrow night. Starting uh, tomorrow night, yeah. And uh, great. Also, a little, up, up a little hat tip. A wee hat tip. I'm tipping my hat. I thought uh, Sky's commentary was the commentator was really good. I thought McCoyst and uh, Andy Walker actually were quite quite good during the Celtic Rangers game. Mm-hmm. I heard them getting praise and different things. I was things. at the game, so I don't know. And that's a big, because I'm not really a big McCoy's fan, but actually I thought it was quite good. McCoy's basically said, the Rangers strikers are powder puff. Not good enough for me. He just said it live on air, couldn't lie. So I thought it was quite good, anyway. And, until Andy Who, who was it was playing? No, Roof. Roof played up front for the Rangers, Oh, it's yeah. Salako yeah, and yeah. guy called Fashion U Jr. And I think... Mummy Dave was playing up front for them. I mean, honestly, it was just random people that were playing up front for them. I mean, Roof. I mean, what is Roof? I mean, honestly, like they're told when he was he coming, done he was like the, he was in Prodigal Son returned. He was going to smash everybody. And Morelos is back, but from his Colombian, he had to go all the way to Colombia to sit in the stand. Which is just so funny. <laughs> just like. But he he will make a difference though. He yeah, is he, he is does, a good yeah. player for them, and he is, he's he's in good form. Um, so it, it is bad for us that he's back and already scoring. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see what, we'll finish what it the there then. The season brings. We might do one on Thursday, maybe if we've got some time, because I've got I'm free and my computer's working, so I'm all happy. And yeah, uh, it's just it's just it's just great, isn't it? It's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. So I was Martin likes my my little brother broke ranks and told me I actually liked some of the podcast. And he likes my little bits at the end. That's what he said to me. I think he may have been drunk. So uh, he said, uh, "Well, well sorry, you go." I know he was saying. So basically, my I, I told you a story anyway. But basically, my daughter is sitting in this very room with FaceTime on with all our pals on, and she's twelve years old. So she's talking to all our friends, Hendo. And I'm sitting in there, so we stand yeah. up and watch the TV, so I'm behind me, you stand up, I'm standing beside Joshua. I'm on the phone to her Stephen. And her Stephen just does like, oh, oh, oh. And basically there's a time lapse between my TV and his TV. So Stephen's ahead of me. And it's just before that tatty goal. So I'm shouting Joshua, get in, because Joshua's making me a cup of tea. I've either thought to myself, Stephen's took a heart attack, or we've just scored the best goal in the history of football, right? So I'm banking on the history of football. So Joshua runs in, Hatati scores. Just wonderful, just wonderful. I mean, everything I want in a football player was there. And I went absolutely bananas. But I didn't realise that all Sophie's pals are watching me and they already think I'm a bit of a... a but I'm, I'm, I'm just not the normal dad, you know what I mean? I was jumping about that living room, throwing Josh off the wall. And then I was just like, Sophie's like, you've embarrassed me again. I'm like, well... It's not my fault I'm on live on your channel, I mean. Just brilliant times, man. Brilliant times. Oh, maybe. That boy's going to be a star. I love Celtic having those type of players. I love it. Even Jota, Maeda's still to go. Wacker Makos is still there. And he's, he's, there's still things to go there. I love him. He's my new favourite player, Hendo. 
I don't care about all these. You've Jap- caught him about four different names in this podcast. I don't podcast. care about all these Japanese guys, <laughs> man. I just want. I just want him to just. He's do even f- Japanese. His best moment in that game Is against Rangers no. was remember when Jota cut in, he, he got hold of the ball and he, he cut in and fired a shot at McGregor and he managed to punch it about 20 feet in the air and Gio Marcus managed to get the leap on Goldson and fire a header when there was no pace on the ball to hit it with. That's right. But yeah. he managed to fire it straight at McGregor and it was like, it was so good and then just a, a slight letdown at the end that he managed to get such a big leap but. Anywhere else, uh-huh. right and, and like he's managed to generate the power off that ball, which you know is coming straight down. So it's not even like it would have been easy to, easy. you know, to get the direction and power on it. It's actually a pretty good tether, but uh, it's just he's a gem, man. He's my new player. He's a gem. It's a gem. I, we've, we've, we've no mentioned O'Reilly either tonight. I think O'Reilly was his game. Jonathan. Nah, well, he's always been good. Like he's always been playing brilliant. But I think O'Reilly's just yeah. his first two games have just been off the chart. The first three games, sorry, yeah. off the chart. Uh, he's he's looked so tidy on the ball. Everything he does, uh, it's great when you have players in your team who just do the basics so well. And that's mm-hmm. possibly sound like I'm doing him a disservice. But every time he has the ball. It's just so measured. Uh, every pass he makes, whether it's a cross, long, short, it's in like he's he's uh, set plays are great as well. He's yeah. Just whipping balls in, just absolute wand. But you know, really hard working uh, battles away uh, in that central role as well, which you, which you need to be able to do as well. You just can't be good on the ball. You need to. But like he's the, he's coming, he's coming at Celtic. Ball. Team and he's like away to Tynecastle at home against the Rangers and then away for part. Like you know what I mean? It's three big you know, yeah. tough games to start off with. Um, he's, and he's done absolutely brilliant. So yeah, well, and, uh, very tall. Cer- as well, certainly in that Rangers game, Juranovic. Yeah, Juranovic showed the 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 class that he's got. Yeah, he's um, you know, Ryan Kent has had some some nice days at Parkhead and had the had the run of the place. And Juranovic was all over him. You know, bullying him at times. Um, Three or four times, Janovic's first touch, bringing the ball out there was First touch is unreal. Aye, nearly as good as mine. Like, but he's, he is a good footballer. He's that. He's that like uh, good Just on like the Dan. ball. That I'm ignoring <laughs> that. Uh, you know, you could see him. You could see someone like Juranovic moving up into a, a sitting midfield role. If someone yeah. uh, put played him there. He could uh, he could coast a game in that he's position. A, I think. Yeah, I agree. With you. He, he's uh, he is that type of player that just seems to have great touch, great vision, uh, and you're just a good good footballer. And the boy can take a free kick and a penalty. So. All right. Yeah. What well, about the, okay? So sorry, oh, those, those, so two much, were, the, those two were very good. What about the what about the dark Sith coming on? Joko coming on at the end. Sixteen years old comes on the pitch. You remember him? Gets booked straight away. For nothing. Zero. Yeah, just the... Kicking the ball. He was a epitome of what you were saying, just coming on and running about mad for the last few minutes. You know what I mean? I'm on to the ring, just get him, let's just go nuts and chase everybody and so I'm on the telly. So Kieran Devlin... <laughs> so, so, just... so Kieran Devlin's talking about Celtic Angie now with the B team is looking at pathways. So this could be a little bit of a corporate speak. Me and Stephen here to talk about this. But anyway, he's saying that there's too many players that have left Celtic that have been good, good players. Because players that went to Bayern Munich and stuff like that. 
and Liverpool and different teams are now sniffing around because they know there's good players coming from our academies. And now with uh, Lord Duku, they've gave him a pathway, and the pathway is that this is the start of it now. So there's different players like the I can't pronounce the goalkeeper, but the goalkeeper's 18 years old. He now he knows he will replace Hart in two seasons if he ticks all these uh, performance boxes, and that's what Angie's doing. So Joko is his point. He's part of that process now, and he looked frighteningly fast. He looked quick, and he looked muscular, and he looked as if he was on it. So. This is a, another little shift whereas Lennon would never play a youngster or play John Joe. John Joe's actually playing for Aberdeen, but it's ever now. But anyway, this is a slight shift, a wee thing that wasn't. We, we see him coming on. Inst- instead of Patterson? Mm-hmm. Surely he's not keeping Nathan yeah, Patterson yeah. Na- Nathan Patterson's, Everton. Nathan Patterson's not playing at Everton one at the weekend and 4 1 or whatever, and it was uh, John Joe, I think. The, the point is that. That we think that Palace has been signed and they've changed manager. He's going to get him. Like fun time, Frankie's all over it. I mean, but the, the thing is, but this is a wee thing. This is a wee change of direction with Celtic. That boy went on, but it just wasn't seen because of the enormity of uh, cheeky Chaki Makos. That's great performance. I'm just going to keep changing his name now. I've, I'm on it. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. I'm sorry we can't talk about all the Celtic players and all the greatness, but hopefully maybe Thursday night Hinder will catch up. And uh yeah, fantastic. Thanks everybody for listening. My computer now is working again, so we'll be back on it. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Martin. That's fantastic. Hopefully we'll be nice and happy tomorrow. And uh thanks everybody for listening. You thanks take everyone. care. Cheers, all the best. Thank you. Bye bye. On hoops. Go on hoops.